Welcome to the Silk Road to Jerusalem radio program. Bukharian Chief Rabbi Yitzhak Yeshua, Amar Rabbi Yeshua. A weekly program geared for the entire Jewish community. And now, your host, Chief Rabbi Yitzhak Yeshua. Parashat Tetzaveh, 5781, which is going to be this year, Shushan Purim. And the parasha that is coming more or less every year on the time of Moshe Rabbeinu passing the seventh of Adar and the time of Purim. And this parasha is the only parasha that we don't mention the name of Moshe Rabbeinu directly. The Zohar HaKadosh says that this is a result of a statement that Moshe Rabbeinu did while is, is, is the Am Israel was dealing with the golden calf. And when God wanted to make a certain decree, Moshe Rabbeinu said, don't touch any person. And if you're going to do it, start with me and I don't and take my name off the Torah. And they say, even though uh, Hashem forgave them, this kind of strong statement, this is the, um, the, the consequences that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not written in this parasha. Moreover, if we're going to connect the book of Shemot that we are learning today, it's good, it's lo- it calls the book of names. It should be called the book of Exodus. Why there is no name? Then why we call the book of Exodus the book of names? Which names? Or, moreover, if you're going to read in Megillat Esther, which we are going to read with Rat Hashem tomorrow night and uh, Friday morning, we are going to uh, read the whole Megillah and see how Hashem, God, the Almighty, is running the world. But there is no one time in the Megillah that the name of Hashem is written directly. The Mekubalim say that there is the abbreviation of Yavo HaMelech Ve'aman Hayom which is Yudke Vavke, but this is the only time that there is a hint about the name of Hashem, full name of Hashem. Moreover, the holiday that you are going to celebrate, Chag Purim, it's a very strange name. Purim, it's fortune-telling. And we call this holiday a fortune-telling that Haman did. If somebody will ask my humble opinion, I would say, call it the holiday of salvation. Chaga Hatzala, Najot, call it the holiday of Thanksgiving. Thank you, Hashem, for all the miracles. Uh, hundreds of beautiful names. We call it the Chag Purim, the holiday of the fortune telling. And the question is, why there is no name over here? What is the significance that we are trying to learn over here? Chachmea Kabbalah says, that uh, when Am Israel did uh, the sin of the golden calf, it was really nothing that was purposely against Hashem. As beautifully Aharon is expressing to Moshe Rabbeinu after he's asking Aharon, what did you do? Aharon told him, Moshe, my brother, these people were in slavery for so many years. You cannot change them in a few months and show them 
few miracles and people are going to go back to their habits, to their way of thinking, to their mindset. So um, what do you really want for them? So the scene of the golden calf, it's, it's called when a person is cannot or does not have the ability or the power to change based on the history, based on his past and all kinds of experiences that he has in his life. In order to come to the point that Am Israel are going to be forgiven, they have to come to the point of Ein, in this very high level when they're going to reprogram. And over them, all the older identities and thoughts and history and viruses and everything should be erased first. So it's like when we say, Moshe Rabbeinu says, please erase my name, he really gives to Am Israel a certain uh, idea of how people can go up spiritually. For example, if somebody wants to uh, become more religious, and but he wants to keep his old customs and old behavior pattern, it's a source of a lot of aggravation and frustration. Because a change, a person should be strong enough to uh, erase his past and make himself acquainted to a new reality. And whenever he's going to go back to himself, to who he was to be, he's going to find that it's very strong inside of him and it's, threat- it's threatening all his progress. It says that somebody has become a Baal Shuva, so um, the name is changed. He became from uh, Dima David and his outfit is changed. The way that he dressed, now he has kippah, and now he has uh, talit katan, and now we dress nicely, and the wife and the woman, she's much more modest, and the, uh, now even the outfit is changed. And then the language, uh, the, the, the culture, the slang, the slender, the curses, all the all kind of harsh words has to be changed. As a religious person, as somebody who believes in Hashem, you have to improve your language skills and your vocabulary. And why it's so important? Because any kind of trying to be uh, religious or try to be more spiritual based on your past and to make your past better is going to be a big mistake. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling us, he's, he's giving the Neshama the power to go so up that it's become like there is no name and there is no nothing. Now you can ask from God to give you the energy and the insight and uh, uh, all what you need in order to grow up. Let's go to uh, another understanding to um, sometimes when you talk about all kinds of abstract things, it's not so easy to understand and to explain. There is a point of um, if the essence of uh, person makes a sin or not. If the neshama of the person, we are according to our uh, religion, like uh, philosophy, we are a combination of a body and a soul. And the question is, 
if by the bad action of the body, if the soul can be contaminated, or the soul is something which is pure all the time, and just the action try to um, cover it, we call it in Hebrew, klipa, a cover, try to make it uh, maybe dirty, but it cannot touch the purity and a diamond, a deep flawless diamond, a soul of a person is uh, something that you cannot break, you cannot touch. And if you scratch it after you make it clean, it go, it's going back to its source. So basically, the idea that Am Israel or us, we are above the Mazal, we are not belong to the laws of the nature because we are blessed to have our souls. And when a person coming back to his soul, and over there, there is all the history and the past and the names and his behavior are going to be forgiven, he's going to start because he's coming to the infinite because the soul is a part of a, the, the part of the infinite. So a person has the ability to start again and with the new identity, now he's going to be a different person and a better person. And this I would like to link it to the holiday of Purim. The Midrash says, why we call it Purim? Because uh, Haman was uh, fortune-telling, he was trying to make the uh, fall, to uh, when is going to be a good day, to plan his wicked thoughts. And he found to know that on the month of Adar, Moshe Rabbeinu died. And he became very happy, because it looks like something bad happened, lost, lost of luck. And the Midrash says, but he forgot a very important uh, fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was born in the same day too. What does it mean? When Moshe Rabbeinu born means, there is a question, what was the name of Moshe Rabbeinu? There are many, many variants and explanations in Sefer Shemot. Tuvia, Avigdor, and all. And then he says that when Moshe Rabbeinu uh, stepmother Batia, the daughter of Paro, she found him. She didn't know what his name. What his name? She called him. He is a Jewish boy, and the, um, after a few months, she just named him the person that was uh, taking out the, the from the water, and she called him Moshe. So um, at the beginning of Moshe Rabenu, it says she saw that the boy is good. Bayar. Kitovhu, meaning, say the Mekubalim, Moshe Rabbeinu, the beginning, the birth, is good. There's no name, is uh, no any kind of restriction, is a source of goodness, source of wonderful potential. And when 120 years later, when he passed away, Haman taught the passing, and he taught that it's something wrong. They say, no, the same day that he was born, the seven days of Adar, the same day that he died. So, um, and it's even when he dies, we say we don't know where he was buried. There is no, there is no place in the world that you can say written Moshe Rabbeinu because Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching us it's an extremely important message for our parasha, for Chag Purim, and for Sefer Shemot that... Um, the essence of a person is pure, 
and the, the mazal and the luck is pure. And sometimes by coming to this world and getting names and getting nicknames and learning all kind of bad behaviors and bad perceptions and bad thoughts, we might think that we are not good people. We say to Haman, Haman, you're wrong. The Bukharians say, Dushpirai Chom Shmurdet. We, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, he was born and he died in the same time, the same day. Moshe Rabbeinu was saved by Batyam and she called him a Jewish boy. And when he was born, it says that they saw that the child is good. And this is basically the message to Haman, the wicked Haman. It doesn't matter. When we are going to do tshuva, when we are going to, going to repent, we have so much energy from our soul to purify it and to fix all the sin, and everything is possible. Hashem Barach gave us a wonderful tool, which is called brain, wisdom, insight, knowledge, intellect, just name it, which the ability to us to understand to discover, to explore, to learn, and to progress. But uh, today, when we are at the uh, midst of the pandemic, hopefully it's going to be over soon, and we are going to have a peaceful and healthy and to everybody, we are going to see that as much as we learn more, as much as we understand less. I was driving, driving to one of the classes and I, and I heard in the radio somebody is asking a very important uh, member of the uh, government. He asks him how it's possible that in uh, California, which they keep all this the, the, um, the distancing and the, um, and the quarantine and they close the state, how it's the, the, uh, the disease spreading out and in Florida, when they open it, uh, almost everything open and with just small restriction is, is going down. So we told him, I don't know. We don't understand. The other exp- there should be an explanation, but we don't understand. And it's so important to us to accept it or to understand it, that uh, in our Megillah, we are going to hear all kinds of thoughts and opinion, and the Gemara makes it even more difficult to understand. The question if Achashverosh, the king of Persia, if he was a smart person or the opposite, the Gemara doesn't make a decision. They bring two opinions. The question is if um, Haman gained or lost from the Megillah, it stays open. The Gemara say that few of his children that uh, stayed in life convert and few of them became extremely successful scholars. Um, a question if... Um, uh, Hadassah, Hestera Malka, if she was a beautiful queen or the opposite, it stays in a big question. The age of Esther, how old was she? 18, 70, 20, there's all kinds of names, and you don't know the answer. And it goes on and on and on. And the question is, why to give us all this information? Even moreover, there is a question if Hester uh, was Mordechai's cousin or was she his wife, and on. And the answer is very simple. We have to understand that with all the brain and intellect and understanding, it's something which is very limited. Our world is bigger and wider 
and uh, much more complicated than our small understanding. And in the perspective that we have of uh, our time life in this world, it's extremely impossible to comprehend uh, the structure and the direction and the, we have just to be to Hashem, to be thankful that we got the Torah. The Gemara says about a rabbi that didn't have the ability to spend so much money of celebration, but three times a year on Yom Purim, on Yom Kippur, and on the holiday of Shavuot, he made all the efforts to eat the best food and to celebrate, and he explained them. These three holidays, they are the holiday that we celebrate the Torah. Shavuot, when we receive the Torah on Mount Sinai. Yom Kippur, when Moshe Rabbeinu brought the two new tablets. And on Yom Purim, and the Gemara says, when we accepted the whole the Torah, the oral and the written Torah, in the time of Mordechai Ve'ester. So the secret of the happiness of Purim is to understand that we don't understand and to understand that we have to worship Hashem and be thankful for all the miracles even if we don't understand. Somebody found some in the house of Professor Einstein, they say if they found the horseshoe and they told him, How do you believe in these superstitions? So he answered them, I was they told me that even if I don't believe it's going to help me. So the idea of the intellect of the person which is the biggest present that we have sometimes when it's come to our religion and our progress and our spirituality, it can be a big burden because the Torah is divine and it's very difficult to understand it. So we celebrate on Purim, we are happy in Purim about the Torah. So what is the name of the Megillah? Esther, which means hidden name. Why Moshe Rabbeinu is not in, in, in our parasha? Because Hashem wanted. What is the name of the holiday? Fortune teller. What is the name of Moshe Rabbeinu? Narivri, a Jewish boy. Because the most important thing is that we have to our neshama, pure neshama, eternal access to the divine worlds and to the spiritual worlds. And from there, we are going to get all the energies to improve ourselves. Plus, we have the Holy Torah, the written Torah, the, the oral Torah, that guide us, that give us all the um, what we need in this world to stay focused. And don't forget that we are going in a very narrow bridge. As the Breslaver used to say, all the world is a very narrow bridge, and you're going to cross it. In one condition, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to challenge yourself. Don't be afraid to rely on your neshama. And forget all, the, all your alternative reality about uh, who are you, manki budam, manki shudam, all these questions that we are asking ourselves, all our low self-esteem and what people might say, or the mochimigun, and all the things that we have that instead of giving us the boost and the strive to continue, sometimes it can put us back. So, the holiday of Purim 5781 is a very special one. This year is a very rare day that we are going to have three days of Purim. It's going to start Thursday night, Friday, 
and Saturday and Sunday in Yerushalayim. And when there are three, it's all the time a blessing. Three is Chazakah of a blessing. And this is the holiday of miracles. So Bezat Hashem, we should not waste time on this wonderful time when Purim starts. And we're going to make the mitzvot of reading the Megillah night and day and sending gifts and presents to our friends and relatives and helping the poor and the needy and say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, thank you. Thank you for the ability to continue to serve Hashem, Be'ezrat Hashem, with happiness, with a lot of good news. May Hashem give us miracles, miracles that this um, disease should disappear and give us a lot of health and atzlacham and simcha and happiness to appreciate and a lot of, a lot of parnasa and money to pay for everything. תזכו לשנים רבות, נעימות וטובות, חג שמח, ברוך אדוני לעולם, אמן ואמן.
פרשת תצווה 5781 פורים. The Magid Mamezrich, the biggest student of the Baal Shem Tov, explains this uh, parasha in a different way, and I think that it's applied to us, and of course to פורים, and our time that we are living now. The Pasuk starts, and you should say to the children of Israel to take olive oil and to light the candle inside the temple. And this is something that belongs to Aharon HaKohen for the generations to come. The regular way that um, God is talking to Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, Vayomer Hashem El Moshe Lemor, Vayidaber Hashem El Moshe Lemor, and God spoke or told to Moshe to tell Am Israel. Over here it says, we're talking about tell them, to take the olive and light the candles, and the question is, why? As equivalence to this, there is when God created the world, it says in ten sayings and ten uh, sentences, God created the world, and nine of them, and God says, let there be light, and God says, let there be heaven, and God says, let there be skies, and 
what, what Hashem created. But the first one, he says the word Bereshit. And when God said the word Bereshit, all the world was created and slowly, slowly was developed in the six days. But the first Bereshit is there is no way and God says Bereshit. It says this Bereshit. And the, um, this, according to the Mezrich Rabbi and Chachmei Hasidut, we're talking about the most important things. Because when you're telling something, it's, um, you, you go very low to details, and when you make details, you're lowering and just um, focusing on one aspect. When it's Ma'amar Satum, when it's something just Bereshit, or when you say um, over here, it's called Ma'amar Satum, which includes everything inside. And then slowly, slowly, it's going to be developed. Why it's so important, according to the Magad HaKadol Mimezrich, to start with this? What is the way that we should look at the tabernacle, at the temple, and in our Avodat Hashem, keeping Torah Mitzvot? What is the purpose? The purpose is written in the beginning. We think that it's going to, um, to forgive our sin, and it's going to um, improve our life and bring us to heaven. This is the tools, but this is not the essence. The essence is when a God say the word Bereshit and he created inside the Bereshit the human being, he wants human being to see this world and acknowledge the presence of God and his devotion and his commitment to fulfill the ways, the words and the commandments of Hashem. Same thing in the Mishkan. The most important thing of the Mishkan is to bring light. Light of happiness. Light of hope. Light of encouragement. Light of love. Light of being able to enjoy. And it's not something simple. I am dealing every day with many people in many ages and couples and married with children and uh, singles and grandparents and I see that few of them they don't know how to enjoy life. A couple came to me this week so um, thank God his parents are very established so they gave him a house and they gave him a car and they gave him a nice livelihood. And the wife is very upset, so uh, he told to his wife, why are you, why you are so upset? She said, why you didn't work it with your money? Why you have to get it from your parents? I look at her and I say, you're a wonderful girl, but why it's a condition to you if somebody gives you as a gift? I don't like gifts. Gifts are going to bring me in the future control and problem. And she starts the whole description of how miserable she is driving a very fancy car and living in a fancy home because her, fa- her husband didn't sweat and didn't do it. I told her and I say, you know what? Try to change. Try to bring light to your life and say thank you that God gave it to you. It's not for granted. Not everybody got married and lives in this kind of of, of style. But it was not enough for her. She was complaining. 
she was not happy. And she tried to make uh, herself and other people around her not happy. And I told her, this is not the purpose of us coming to this world. So, we don't say the name of Moshe, because it's not just another creation. This is the essence. The essence is the light. The light that comes of the Mishkan. Of course, there's going to be over there forgiveness and a lot of, in the process of repentance and the animals and everything. But the most important thing that should be the light of God and the happiness and the presence of God should be enlightening the entire world. And this is basically one of the most important parts of the Megillah. La Yehudim, Aita, Ora, Vesimcha, Vesason, Veikar. And to all the Jews, was after the miracle of Purim, was Torah, Vesimcha, and happiness, and or and light, and Sason, Veikar, and and the tefillin, and, and all the world, they got a certain different perspective, and they start to be happy. And this is basically the power of the Chag Purim. Few generations after this holy maggot of Mezrich, one of his descendants, the Rabbi Gadol from Israel Mirujin, he says something very interesting about Purim. Why we say Purim, Kepurim. Why Yom Kippur is like Purim? In Hebrew it goes like this, that Yom Kippur is like Purim. Why Purim is so important? And he say very simply, on Yom Kippur, the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, would go to the Holy of Holies and over there feel the presence of God. On Yom Purim, each one of us don't have to be in Jerusalem in the temple. You can be in New York, you can be in Canada, you can be in Israel, you can be in uh, Honolulu, whenever you are, Antarctica, you can have the same feeling of the Kohen Gadol. There is so much light coming from the Megillah and from Yom Purim that come to purify and come to give the light. The light that comes out of the temple, the light, the eternal light, the light that comes out from the Torah, which means the presence of Hashem. And this is the uh, highlight of Megillat Esther. We, when we're praying for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have to pray to Hashem to teach us how to be happy, how to appreciate. Because um, one of the biggest mistakes that we have in our life is to take things for granted. Nothing is for granted. Everything is coming from Hashem in order to give us the ability to worship and to come close to Him. The evil inclination, when God created the world, He needed uh, to have a certain leverage too, and God gave Him the alternative reality of the deceiving power of the materialistic things of this world. And in our parasha, it, in Megillah, it represents with the, uh, this huge and successful businessman by the name of Haman, that become extremely rich, and now he has money, and he, he has a lot of wives, and the Gemara says that he came to an imaginary name, number of children. He had 208 boys for many, many uh, wives and, and mistresses. The main 10 of them, they were on the gallow, but uh, still there was a long list of Haman children. 
and a very big successful businessman with a lot of connection and he has a lot of access to money and power and children. He has just now sit down and enjoy the world. And this Haman decided that he wants something else. I have, God gave me, I deserve. Why Mordechai, the one who saved my life many years ago, is here and I'm not. And all, all the life becomes such a misery for him at a certain point that he was so in his alternative reality and he told to himself, whom Hashverosh would love and cherish. I gave him billions of dollars. I gave him all the respect that he needs. I support him. And when he come to ask Hashverosh, how should the king Hashverosh appreciate his loyal service to this to the nation? Uh, and this night, God made Hashverosh to watch a dream or couldn't sleep, and and then he say he wanted to give something to appreciate Mordechai or something that he saved his life. And he asked Haman, and Haman told him, you have to take a horse, and you have to give him the clothing of the king, and you have to give him the crown of the king, and you have to take him all over the city and say, this is the way that you have to treat somebody that respect, and the king likes him. And Hashverosh is telling him, you say beautifully, do everything to Mordechai. And uh, this for, for Haman was a very, very, very difficult task to do. And this is what the Megillah is teaching us, that the power of this world is something which is very artificial. It looks very, very impressive. Uh, the cars, the houses, the real estate, the jewelry, the, the belongings, the clothing, and whatever this... Uh, but it's just a cover. The essence is to a person to be a source of light. And all the temple that Moshe Rabbeinu built and King Solomon and then Ezra and Nehemiah built had one major purpose. Let the light and the beauty of the Torah and the presence of God to reveal itself and let us to accept it. So on Yom Purim, when we are going to celebrate, we are going to celebrate that we see the name of Hashem is not written in the Megillah, but we see how Hashem is running the show. I tell this to you every year on the high holidays, and now we say Purim Kippurim, I'm going to see this old story that my great uncle, Moreno Verabenu Arav Yaakov Kaikov, Ben Shalom Megid, the chief rabbi of the Bukharian Jews, in Israel, in Tel Aviv, from 1927 to 1967, uh, made this sadiq, once he told us, we were children, a history that came when he was a young rabbi in Samarkand, being in a very rich house of very rich people that um, were there. And on Rosh Hashanah, the rabbi is talking to them about Chana, that she wrote in her book, in, in her in a poem that she wrote, Shirat Chana, Hashem Orishu Ma'ashir, God is making people rich, and God is making people poor, and God is bringing up and down. Everything is the end of Hashem. And there was a very, uh, a very rich person over there that he didn't have so much respect. 
he stood up and he said, On Rosh Hashanah to the rabbi, you say that can't can make people rich, poor, and overnight, and it doesn't make sense because I have assets over here, and I have in, in Israel, and I have in Europe, and I have in, in, in my safe in, in Switzerland. So um, you can say that during the course of a year, of months, but just in overnight, it doesn't make sense, Rabbi, I'm sorry. And the rabbi told him, Moshe met and Torah met. And after a few years, when the um, Bolshevik came to Samarkand, they came to his house and they told him that we heard that you have a lot of money all over the world. You're going to sign out that everything is confiscated and doesn't belong to you anymore. And if not, you are going to be executed. He didn't have so much choice. He wrote a sign and then he became a needy person. A few days later, he saw the rabbi in one of the events, and he was talking, he said, Rabbi, you made a small mistake. You say, overnight, it happened to me in two seconds. This is uh, the feeling of um, safe and security that we have if with, uh, with our assets. is something which is important, but it has a lot of limitations. But those who are going to have and who are going to enhance inside, inside themselves and feel the presence of Hashem and the uh, support of Hashem and the blessing of Hashem and to appreciate and to be happy and to say thank you from the wait from the moment moment that they walk, that they wake up until until they go to sleep and not to complain. These are the most secure people because they have the blessings of Hashem on them, and this is something which is the Magid of Mezrich talks about parasha, and it talks so much to us about uh, Purim. It says, when Haman came and saw that Mordechai is sitting with a few thousand uh, students and is learning, he told to himself, wow, this, what they're learning, this small group of people, it's much more powerful than what, what I gave to the king and this, the plans and the uh, billions of dollars that he gave to them to the king in order to have control. Because the bottom line is that God is running the show. So the light of the candles that come out of the temple bring the light of the presence of Hashem to the world and to our hearts. And the miracles of Purim. And to see that whenever we are Hashem is with us and will never leave us. It's going to be a good torch of hope uh, to all of us and happiness to celebrate. So on Chag Purim, we're going to ask from Hashem to reveal us this light, to give us life full of light and energy, good energy, to appreciate, to be happy, and to say for small things, to say thank you, to respect each other, to love each other, and to be together. May Hashem help us. May Hashem open all the gates of happiness to us. And this triple holiday of Purim, you are going to have Chazakah of Nisim v'Niflaot. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Oh, hey.
5781. Let's start to learn and prepare what are the mitzvot and the details of this wonderful holiday. Tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, at around 5.20, we are going to fast. The fast of Esther, to commemorate the fast of three days that Mordechai and Esther and all the Jews in the time of the miracle of uh, Purim, they fasted for three days, and they, according to uh, our history, it was really on Pesach. It was one of the only time that um, Jews in Babylon didn't celebrate Pesach, but afterwards, the next year, they made a big celebration of Purim. This is uh, a fast. If somebody is taking antibiotics or taking medication, it doesn't have to fast. A pregnant woman that it's not easy for them cannot do not fast, and women who are um, breastfeeding, they don't have to fast uh, in the tomorrow fast. And people that any kind of complication of the coronavirus, they should not fast tomorrow. But those who are healthy and are young and they, it's a mitzvah to fast and Bezat Hashem is going to be a good preparation for the evening. Tomorrow night we are going to um, read the Megillah. The fast is going to be over at around 6.15, and afterwards we are going to 
read Megillat Esther and uh, the celebration of Purim on Friday morning. We are going to read it again. And Bezrat Hashem, we are going to have the mitzvot of the Yom, of Mishloach Manot, sending food and gifts to each other, and uh, to help the poor and the needy, Maot Yonim. This year, uh, Maot Yonim is going to be uh, $7 for each person, with about $14 uh, for the Matanot Yonim. And Machatzit shekel, which we are going to collect in our community center, is $7 per person, as we learned last week. I was asked a few times about the Purim. Usually the Purim meal, we do it afternoon, but tomorrow afternoon is Shabbat already. Therefore, tomorrow it's a mitzvah on Friday to make it uh, early and the afternoon to be prepared, to prepare for the Holy Shabbat, Shabbat Tetzaveh, which is going to be candlelighting 5.26, where we are going to accept Shabbat Bezrat Hashem, and continue the Purim celebration. Few people ask me about reading the Megillah when they are afraid to be with their own people because of their all kind of age or medical situation. So I told them there is no mitzvah to risk themselves for this mitzvah and they can use this Zoom or the FaceTime with the relatives they're going to do and they're going to listen and uh, maybe not all the rabbis said it's 100%, but it's much better than the risk themselves because um, this sickness is a very severe one and many, many people close to us uh, we lost during the year and the mitzvah of to be healthy is much more uh, significant in this time. But if there is somebody that knows how to read Hebrew, Hines Megillah is going to read it by himself, this is the best solution. There is an old Kabbalistic minag that many Bukharian Jews used to do in the last few hundred years, is that during Sukkot, they used to hang wine in the Sukkah and olive oil in the Sukkah, and after they get the blessing of the eight days, they are going to use the um, olive to light the Hanukkah candles and the wine to use it for Purim. So somebody kept the wine in the Sukkah, it uh, is, is using it on Purim, is a chosiat, is something which is very good. It's a very powerful wine of miracles. Another Bukharian minag is now is to between now and uh, Pesach is order to prepare or to um, buy wine, lichvod achag, and the blessing of the chag. They, they buy more wine, it stays for the rest of the year. This is a bracha of the chag that is going to be Bezrat Hashem. We're going to have this year a happy, healthy, and powerful Chag Pesach in 30 days Bezrat Hashem. Tomorrow night, the fast is over at around 6.14. There are people that are very strict to um, read the Megillah while they are fasting, and then they're making the celebration. But uh, if somebody feels that he's weak and he will focus and listen better if he's going to eat or drink something, so after 6.14, uh, he can say shakol and he can eat mezonot, not make a full suhuda, and then he can start Arvit and the Megillah, much more focus and concentrate, and there is no problem with this whatsoever. Because uh, the Megillah took place in Shoshana Biram, that it was uh, uh, surrounded by a very big wall, and in the respect of Yerushalayim, 
So they made the, the second day of Purim, the 15 days, for the, all the cities that are surrounded by a great wall, like Shushan or like uh, Yerushalayim. So uh, this year, because the second day of Purim is on Shabbat, so uh, they are going to read in Yerushalayim the Megillah like us on Friday. On Shabbat, they're going to celebrate Shabbat with uh, extra food, but the main Surudat Purim and Mishloach Manot is going to happen on Sunday. This war we have uh, this year, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the holiday of Purim, which is called Purim Meshulash, the triple day Purim celebration. Our sage says that the, uh, this combination of uh, the, the offsprings of Amalek coming to uh, Am Israel to try to hurt them, it happens all the time when it comes to the, the Mishkan, the temple, Beit HaMikdash, whenever there is a certain chance or elevation, is coming, uh, they're coming, the offspring again, because for them, when there is Beit HaMikdash, there is a temple, they feel very insecure. So when we come out of Egypt, Moshe Rabbeinu is singing and says, Adi Avoram Chashem, Adi Avoram Zukanita, we're going to cross Yamsuf, we're going to the land of Israel, and we are going to Mishkan Hashem, we're going to build a temple. And suddenly, from nowhere, Hamalek came and said, No, I hear Mikdash, I hear temple. No, not on my time. And they start to fight. And when the Am Israel were at the end, they were, they were fighting with them. And in the time of Mordechai Vester, when it was the time of building the second temple, it was the same time. It started one after the other, the events. Uh, so Amalek stood up and said, no. And Baruch Hashem, uh, Hashem help us. And we did it and we have Chag Purim. But we have to remember all the time a very important lesson. Amalek was a result of um, a very... Uh, woman that he was not so spiritual and she tried to come close to Abraham, Yitzchak and Yaakov and because she was never, she was not so spiritual, they told her uh, we don't think it's a good idea and she said if you don't want me to come closer to you, I'm going to force you and she went to marry the son of Esav and then the Eliphaz and then Amalek was born in a very not uh, nice circumstances. And the Gemara Masechet Sanhedrin asking this question, why we have this problem with this Amalek? And the, and the Gemara says something which is very short, but very meaningful. They say, we had to accept her when she came. We had to open the hand to this lost soul. It's a certain message to all of us. We have to start to accept each other, we have to start to um, be nice to each other, and we have to start to become better people if we really want the third temple to come from heaven, and we want to see the revealing of the Mashiach. The power of unity, the power of peace, which so many times we're talking about it, and it's so very difficult to achieve because of all ego trips and all kind of lack of spirituality. So in the time of Furim, it's uh, all of us, we are together. And it's moreover when it's come to Pesach, when you're going to take care that every person that wants to celebrate Pesach 
has to have access to the matzah and to the wine and to the maror because if one person is not happy everybody cannot be happy because we are together and with this wonderful spirit of Purim the togetherness, the unity the mishloach manot the maot Yonim, the celebrating and the praying let's pray together that Hashem should open all the gates of happiness to us and the gates of success, and bring peace, unity, and bring respect and love with each other. God bless you. Chag Sameach, Chag Bari, Besorot Ovot, Yeshuot Venechamot, Tisku Leshanim Rabot, Niimot Vetovot, Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen Amen. Are you in the need of physical therapy or rehabilitation? That let me recommend Dr. Aaron Koshayev, a dedicated licensed physical therapist, doctor degree in over 12 years of experience providing care for all ages. He can help if you're suffering from pain, which is neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, joint pain, mobility and balance difficulty, whiplash and other collection injuries, herniated discs, sprains, strains and fractures, sciatica, orthopedic surgery, and much more. You see, Dr. Aaron Kashayev and staff will give you one-on-one treatments, individual attention, in a very pleasant and professional atmosphere and high-quality service. Dr. Aaron Kashayev will get the results you're looking for and help you restore function, improve mobility, alleviate pain, and enjoy life. Most major insurance accepted, convenient hours, including weekends and appointments available for a free consultation Call Dr. Koshai for the A&P Physical Therapy Rehabilitation PC. They're located at 75-81, 177th Street in Fresh Meadows, New York. For your free consultation, call 718-475-2161. That's 718-475-2161. Online at 1-800-PAINFREE.COM. That's 1-800-PAINFREE.COM. Thanks for listening. Did you ever consider being on the radio or hosting your own radio show? Now TalkLine is giving you the opportunity to produce your own daily or weekly radio program. Primetime airtime is available at very affordable and competitive rates. We're looking for independently produced or organizational programs of interest to the Jewish community in the areas of Judaica or Jewish interest, music, news, talk, legal, medical, or financial. Introductory charter rates are also available for advertisers. For more information, contact the TalkLine Broadcasting Corporation at 212-769-1925. Again, that number, 212-769-1925. Thank you for listening to the Silk Road to Jerusalem radio program with Bukharian Chief Rabbi Yitzchak Yeshua, Amar Rabbi Yeshua a weekly show geared for the entire Jewish community. Join us again next week for another informative broadcast. TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.